Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion, Will Blackman. Bending from the end zone, he throws, and it's a away, and it is picked off by Will Blackman, the former Giant. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender, fumbles the football, it's up for grabs, it's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Blackman, subsidiary Buecher and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Rick Buecher. He is Super Bowl champ, NFL vet, Will Blackman. You can find him on Twitter, at Will Blackman, and he has a special side hustle going on now <laughs> that I was not aware of, but it's going to uh, be part of the podcast, apparently, and that's where it's Ask Will. Ask Will. This is not a side hustle. It's not? This is something that's making, you know, interactive. Okay. You know, so yeah, I'm, I ask uh, people on Twitter. Once again, my Twitter is at Will Blackman. Um, to ask me some questions. I said, ask me a damn question. That's exactly what I said. So I'm going to go through here and, and look at a couple things. So right here I have uh, Tito S. Valdez. Okay. Um, he is from Arizona. and he looks Apparently he's a, a Packer owner. You know how they're owned by the people. Mm-hmm. His question is, what's your favorite Lambeau Field memory? I will say probably my first game. Just because we're, we're there, you know, since May, and we can see the field, but we never actually get to play on it. So hmm. I'll say my first game, and then my first Lambo leap. So I have two memories. Okay. Yeah, so my, my first touchdown, I actually Lambo. actually had two touchdowns this game, so I got to Lambo leap in each end zone. Wow. That was pretty which, special. Which was the better one? Um, Definitely the first one, because it was a punt return uh, to the house against – my college roommate and my best friend was there who's a Raiders fan. <laughs> so, okay. Is there a place that is there a particular place that you go? Like where do you decide where you're going to leap and are you targeting someone in particular? Like you don't see the, it, you don't see anyone. Outs. So, okay, boom. I get the return score, run through and literally I just the closest area. Okay. That's it. So there is no there is no special there's no designated area where there anybody is no leaps. De- there is no designated area. However, there 
I think there is like a little like raise in the floor mm. in case you don't have hops. <laughs> okay. Was that built in for the Lambo leap? <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure something went in. All right. Second question. Yeah. Uh, finish this up. So John H. Harris II. He asked me if you had to play man coverage all game and you could only play press or off, hmm. which are you choosing? He said, I know it depends on the receiver. So, A, a 6'3", 215 receiver who runs a 4'5", or B, a 5'9", 190 receiver who runs a 4'4", 1". Ha. Wow. For me, if I had to cover a guy all game long, yeah. it, it doesn't – I will say, I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter. But probably – Probably the six, three, two, fifteen guy, because I don't know, I don't know how his conditioning is. Oh, so you think can, he's gonna wear down? I think he'll wear down. Yeah, because I can take it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think he'll wear down. But I have fun covering the short guys all game long. Hmm. So that was, that was pretty cool. So, oh, here's a oh, I got one more that's interesting. Okay, from senior. Duba, <laughs> out of Boston, Massachusetts. Who was the best player you ever played against in high school back in Rhode Island? Okay, so people will say that I'm, you know, the most popular or most recognized football player out of Rhode Island. Ever. 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 However, was I the most successful in high school? I would say no. I think the best player was this guy named Lorenzo Perry. He honestly was like Barry Sanders' second coming. You know, he was like five six, five five, and used to just shake me out of my boots. Hmm. So Lorenzo Perry is the answer. He went to Bryant College, Bryant University. Yes, Lorenzo Perry. So there it is. Three questions. There you go. The side hustle complete. <laughs> Will Blackman answering Ask your me questions. A damn question. That's what it's called. There you go. I like All it. Right. Uh, and I do want to get to one other thing you you mentioned on Twitter, which is the pull up the show and the need for it because we do need a show like that. We need it on a regular basis. Dog, here's what's crazy. So like years ago, I, I would we would always joke around like in the locker room or something, like, man, what if you know, what if we pulled up to like somebody's who works at like an office and we just hassle them. Not so much of like, hey, I heard you were talking trash, you know, mm-hmm. roll up on them like they did on the zone. But more so like we just roll up and just just annoy him. Yeah. Just like they do at games. They come here and they're just annoyed and talk smack. What if we just rolled up to somebody's office? Maybe somebody's working at FedEx. And we just roll in there and just, just annoy the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah. You could heckle them. Heckle them while they're doing their heckle, job. Heckle them while they're doing their job. <laughs> but I love the the you know the Twitter bullies, the uh, Twitter gangsters out there, the computer gangsters. Twitter thugs. Yeah, Twitter thugs. And the idea of of somebody just showing up that they've capped on on social media, showing up at their work, showing up like this, the the one I'm blanking now on the one that you put out there, but was Zab Judah? Zab Judah just showing up, and the guy was shook. The guy was a meat. No, I I don't want none of that. Right? Just <laughs> so, yeah, immediately. He said, he said, "I think he's washed." And yeah. then Zab said, "Hey man, I need about five minutes outside. Yeah. Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> 
It's ain't it ain't about that, bro. It ain't about yeah. It's about that. It is about that. <laughs> and you it just, don't watch. I, I think it would. I think if it just we would do it on a regular basis and put those videos out, it might bring down the noise just a little bit. It might. Yeah, but cut the out. only thing it would have to it would have to be. I think now that it's starting to get some buzz, it would have to be recorded already a bunch of episodes because now people will start submitting and talking trash just to get notoriety. Like people will take that L just to get noticed. Well, they will unless they actually have to wear a two piece as a result. Of- well, well, they can also bring back one of my favorite shows of all time was Bully Beatdown. <laughs> you ever mean, seen Bully Beatdown? No. Okay, so Bully Beatdown basically is uh, somebody submits, you know, to Mayhem Miller, who was a MMA fighter, and they tell him about somebody who's picked on them, somebody who was tough, and they picked on them. Oh, wow. So if they thought they were tough, they had to come to this show, Bully Beatdown, and fight. And not only fight, but fight a real MMA fighter or a real boxer. Dude, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Oh, it already <laughs> happened, though. It was already a show. I'm sure they signed everything. I mean, they were going there with like real fighters, and they would get straight demolished. Wow! I mean, knocked out and everything, dude. It was, it was reckless. Wow! Yeah, I was like, hey, you're such a bully. Pick on somebody your own size. All right. So, in in line with this, before we get, and we're going to talk about Kevin Durant, possibility of him playing in Game Five, or suddenly being listed as questionable and working out with the team, etc. But before we get to that, I have to I have to share with you very quickly my experience today where my my faith in mankind was if not destroyed, certainly severely diminished at the beginning of the day. So I'm pulling out of a gas station. I live on the coast here in in California. Big it's money. Ex- it's extremely hot. And so everybody comes to the coast. Everybody comes to my part of the world. From Big all money of, all over the Bay Area, rich. And I am looking to pull out of a gas station this morning, and there's a there's a space where they you know, keep clear so that people can get in and out of the gas station if if traffic is backed up or whatever. So there's this clear space, and I'm getting I'm the first one to pull out of the gas station onto the road, and there's a number of cars lined up behind the keep clear section. And the light turns green, so I kind of look and make eye contact with the guy who is on the far side of the keep clear to see if he's going to let me pull out and go. Not only does he not let me pull out, but he gives me the finger as he goes by, staring at me, gives me the finger. And I'm thinking, dude, okay, it's one thing if you're not going to let me in. That's, oh, you know, whatever. You're in a hurry. It's a Sunday morning. Who knows where you're hurried, uh, hurrying off to or whatever. You don't want to do the, the, the courteous thing. Fine. But you want to double down on it and you want to let me know that not only am I not letting you in, not only am I not courteous, but I'm going to drop the bird on you too just to let as you in, know. As in don't even think about it that, like, and have it, some. It, it, yeah, exactly. Now, hey, man, if I had sometimes. done something... To warrant some kind of exchange, or like if I try, like I, I, I tried to bogart it, and I tried to roll out there, like I'm going to take it from you. Okay, maybe would have instigated something. There was none of that. There was none of that. So really disappointed in the way the day started. 
really disappointed. Listen, here's the thing, especially when it comes to road rage. Yeah. I just always take in consideration he just might be having a horrible day. Granted. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. That's it. No, and that's a good way to approach it. I just... It That's was, the only way to approach it. It was 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday on a beautiful exactly, day. Exactly. The Lord's Day. Buker Day? <laughs> so, all right. So that's where my day started. The day ended, I went and I surfed with my son and my wife at a nice little secret spot we have. And as we were coming back to our car, there was somebody had... Um, they'd caught their wheel in a ditch and they and it was spinning and they couldn't get it out. And there was probably about seven or eight people, all colors, persuasions, whatnot, who kind of came together and we figured out how can we get their car out of the ditch. You know, one guy was working a jack. Some of us were hunting up pieces of wood and rocks and stuff to put under the wheel and Ultimately, we got them out of there and on their way. And I was thinking, what a beautiful thing. Like nobody, everybody was just, hey, how do we, how do we help this, this family out of the jam? And everybody was giving their, their best selves. So we started on one end of the spectrum and we ended on the other. Just a, it felt, made me feel good. Restored my faith in mankind. I just, oh, I, I loved it. I, I need things like that. After the day, the way the day started, I needed to that know that wasn't even bad. Your day didn't even start bad. Yeah, it did to me. That's you being te- sensitive. That's te- you being sensitive. Will, I got two teenagers. I'm sensitive okay. to everything right now. I don't want to hear it. It's a burden. I don't want right. to hear it. Enough of that. Uh, Kevin Durant practiced. Apparently, got through practice okay. Is questionable for the game tomorrow, and now people are going from. I don't know, assuming he's going to play. He has the, to play. Can the Warriors make a comeback? Can they win the next three games? Like, all of this. Look, if he play, I don't I don't believe, this, this back and forth is really starting to annoy me. I believe there's games being played here. I don't believe, and I may regret saying this on the podcast, I don't believe he's going to play. I believe that this is if he doesn't if it doesn't look like he's trying to do everything he can to come back then there's going to be some questions on the other end. But I don't know how you go from you're supposed to scrimmage 3 on 3 3 days ago and you can't do that to 3 days later you're going to practice with the team and I trust me that's not a real practice. That's practically a walkthrough. And now you're going to be ready to play in an NBA Finals closeout game. I'm just, I'm not buying it. I, I feel as if this whole back and forth has been about appearances and everybody trying to kind of protect their image and not really about what's going on. Because I'll tell you, I am still being told by those around him, if, if KD does play, it will be against the advice of every person around him. Every person around him. Now, KD loves to play, and so there's always that possibility. But at this point, the risk to me just does not seem worth it, and certainly doesn't seem worth it to the, to the people around him. But you, as a professional athlete, may have a completely different perspective on this. 
I do. And I think he will play. Okay. And just because he did not practice much with the team hmm. does not say he he's not getting his work elsewhere. As in, you know. Oh, that he was still. Yeah, I've, from everything that I, you're, you're right. That's a possibility. I don't believe that's been going on. Again, it's because of the way the severity of the injury has been described to me. And if you right. can't play like three on three with the coaches is a very low bar to clear. What is it? Chris DeMarco is the, he's probably, he's, he's probably the most physical, but he was in the cue ball Kevin Durant's documentary on uh, the basketball players in San Quentin and the G League. Um, and one of the one of the guys actually got a G League tryout with the with the Warriors. But a, a number of the front office staff went in and played the San Quentin team. It was part of the movie, and Chris DeMarco was there and had like thirty five and twenty. I mean, he was just he dominated. So he would be the best of the coaches that would play in this three-on-three, but it would really just be a matter of, I mean, it's a glorified shooting drill. Can, can, can KD move? Is he comfortable? Is he, gonna, is he not going to think about it? It's still a long way from the test of playing in an NBA Finals game. And I, just from, just kind of the, I don't know, it, it hasn't been consistent. They haven't been really clear on the process and I believe that's in part because one, they don't, they're not sure, they don't know, and two, they didn't want Toronto to have any advantages by knowing exactly what's going on. They like right. keeping Toronto off balance in terms of whether he's going to play or he's not going to play. I will tell you this. I talked to a Raptors official after game four, and I said, what do you think about KD? And, and he said, no way he's playing. So... The Raptors are not expecting him to play. And all the sources that have been telling me from the beginning not to expect him to play in this series or that it would be an unlikelihood that he played in the series are, are in the same place. They're like, it, it doesn't make any sense to do it now. Essentially because, well, I think Warriors fans are holding out hope that the series is not over. Pretty much everybody else is looking at it as the series is over. And it has nothing to do with offense. Klay Thompson came back and Klay Thompson was... Dynamic offensively. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. He was as good as you could expect as a guy who clearly was measuring how he played to protect his, his hamstring. Clearly was, like, I'm sure you've seen it. Like, you can just, guys kind of try to move and protect it in terms of how they move. He did all of that, and yet was still knocking down shots. He was terrific. Offense is not the problem for the Warriors right now. Right, they're lost they, on they're lost on defense right they now. They cannot stop the Raptors. It was I've never seen a Warriors team 
concede as early as I saw this one in game four. And it was largely because they just couldn't get a stop. And it was almost like they knew they couldn't get a stop. Dude, they are fatigued. And that goes back to my point we, I made earlier um, a couple of podcasts ago that just overall, physically, athletically, Toronto's better mm-hmm. just in terms of their conditioning, just and how depth. they are. And yeah, depth. De- exactly. Because every everyone is is just built for the long haul on that team. So yeah, the the Warriors, like you said, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna score a lot of points. Of course, that's that's what they do. Mm. But they're gonna come down there. The Raptors are gonna come down and just wear them out physically. Yep. yep. Just beat them up. Just wear them out. I mean, last game, I can't count how many times Steph was on the floor. Yeah. Well, Whether he was taking a shot or playing defense. Yeah. And defensively, uh, Draymond the, can't stop everybody. The, but the Raptors are going to make the war, uh, the Warriors work for everything that they get too. Right. Uh, I mean, that was the thing with Steph. Steph's got to work mi- really hard to get anything, anything reasonable. And they are just, because their mindset, their mindset, the Raptors is, I don't care who you are, and once you once you hit that part mentally in your game that you look across and you just see another dude. Everybody is like that. Everybody on the Raptors right now looks across and they just see another dude. It is what it is. Now, I will say this. This is what it was disappointing to me about. And I've been I've been talking about how Oracle is not Oracle anymore. The fans have gotten spoiled. And I've seen it with other fan bases. The Lakers fans have been spoiled. Bulls fans, Chicago Bulls fans, spoiled. There's a point where there, the switch is turned where fans show up and they feel like we need to give energy to the team. We, we, we need to lift them up. Right. And then when the team becomes really good and the tickets get more expensive and there's a different kind of clientele there, then it becomes waiting for the team to get the crowd excited, to light up the crowd. That's where the Warriors fans are now. It was, they, they had a little bit of a, uh, a retro feel in game four and that there was Warriors chance unsolicited early on. But at the end, it was really disappointing, Will, and this is why. Because this was very possibly the last game ever played at Oracle Arena. And very possibly... It is the last game. You think so? Yeah. Game five, we're... we're it's done. We're, oh, it's, yeah, doesn't matter whether KD okay. plays or not. It's a wrap. It's like wishful thinking. I hope KD plays, and I hope there's something magical that happens. But yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah, especially I, you know what, too, karma wise. Ever, ever since the incident with Kyle Lowry, it was kind of like that was it, bro. Yeah. Bombs. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, you were no, saying the uh, no, the fans uh, and Oracle. It it feels like everything's rolling the wrong way. Uh, Joe Lacob's wife ticks off the beehive with Beyonce and <laughs> and the part owner decides the, to the get investor. aggro. The investor. Yeah. The investor. Yeah. In any event, what disappointed me is so it's the last very likely the last game and very likely the end of this great run by this Warriors team. This phenomenal run of five NBA finals appearances. Three championships. I mean, that's a hell of a run. That qualifies as dynasty. 
no matter what happens. They lose, they lose uh, tomorrow night, uh, Monday night. It, it doesn't matter. And the crowd did not do anything to recognize that. The crowd was leaving. They just went home? With two, three minutes left. You know the crowd that stayed around with the Toronto Raptors crowd? They were lit. They, were ch- they, they sang the, the Canadian National Anthem. They were, they were chanting, let's go Raptors. They were lit. And I would have expected a Warriors crowd there that would have applauded until they got a curtain call from the Warriors players. Reminds me a little bit of the A's when they, they made a great second half run. They were in last place midway through the season, made a great second half run, uh, made it to the playoffs, I think lost to the Yankees. But ultimately, when it was all said and done, the crowd made the players come back out on the field and the two appreciate each other. There was a great, great exchange. And that's what the Warriors deserved. And that's what the Warriors fans should have been cognizant enough to provide. If, if nothing else, give them a great, uh, a, 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 a resounding applause to send them to Toronto and come up with some chant about, we want six. Something. Something to say, we're still behind you. I wasn't. That wasn't what we got. Warriors fans, a lot of them were leaving with like, with like two, two, three minutes left. It was just disappointing. And I'll they be, gave up hope, Rick. They did. They did. And, and they're gonna make a bunch of excuses. And that's and that's, that's a they long. Should, oh, they're valid excuses, dude. It's a but that's a long way. This is a this is the same fan base. Once upon a time, they could be down by eighteen, and if the Warriors cut it to twelve you would have thought the roof was going to come off the place. And they would end up losing by 18. It would go back to 18, or they'd get it to 9, and then it would go back. I mean, just that's how it was. But the crowd was always, if there was any signs of life, if there was any show of, hey, maybe we got a chance, the crowd was all into it. It's not, it's not the crowd. You know what happened is that you still have your, your, old, your oracle faithful. It's just what happened is the new wave with the Splash Brothers and KD and mm-hmm. all this cool stuff that's going on. You know, everyone wants to shoot threes now. It's all cool. So, therefore, you're getting the youngins in there. Yeah. Because, you know, the new fans, the new, I guess you can say millennials that are joining the bandwagon or whatever, they're excited. This is what they walked into. It was like, hey, this we're used to winning so much, and now they're dealing with some adversity. In the finals, by the way, it's not like they didn't make the playoffs. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're, hey, we're not going to win again. We're actually getting demolished, so we don't know how to handle this. It's the younger it's the younger crowd that's making it worse. The old people are good. The originals. Yeah. The Mullen fans are good. <laughs> oh, that's, that's like two generations ago. Yeah, they're still good. I don't know if they're still there. <laughs> it, it, Jason Richardson fans are good. Yeah. Jason, yeah, the Jay Rich fans that we believe are there's there's still <laughs> the still remnants. Baron Davis fans are still good. remnants of of that crew. The Monte Ellis fans. There yes. you go. I love Monte. He was nice, man. But here's the here's the thing with this Warriors team that they should not have. Yeah, they got KD. Okay, so that that was kind of in a different that was in a different place. But the beauty, and I've said this before, it was a massive place. What do you mean what? It was a big deal. 
It is a big deal, but the Warriors collectively are still the little engine that could. KD accepted. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they're all they're all rejects. They're all rejects in one way or another. Steph Curry was the guy who his ankles were so bad that people wanted Steph Curry was never a reject. He dude, he went to Davison. Nobody nobody goes to Davison and has uh he was like in ten pounds. Because he was tiny. Exactly. And he's still tiny. That's not a reject. That's that's not his fault. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's his fault. But what I'm saying is he's a massive overachiever. He is Seabiscuit. Like he's got no business battling War Admiral. He has no business dueling with LeBron James. None. None. That's a that's that's an unfair fight on the fa- on the face of it. The Warriors dueled with LeBron James. You're right, and that's my point, which is they have always been a team that is greater than the sum of their parts. And that's a team that you don't get high and mighty about. You appreciate how special it is that their chemistry and the way the pieces fit together is what makes them great. 100%. So there should, there should, be, a, there should be some built-in humility, and the team has it. I feel as if the team never lost that humility. It's what made them great. It's what made them allow to accept KD. You know, another another team that was full of stars or w- thought they were stars and we can do this on our own, they wouldn't have been welcoming of KD. It would have been, oh, we're good, bro. We're, we don't have room. There's no room at the end. We don't have room for another superstar here. They were like, I know, I know a team full of stars that could have that thought they could do it on their own. That's the uh, OKC Thunder, when they had Westbrook, KD, and Harden. Yeah, yeah, and they were young and they found out otherwise. And I think, I think you know, Russ is still coming to terms with that, like the playing with a certain degree of humility. I think he's been humbled over the last couple of years. The I Warriors agree. have always had that; they've never lost that. And that's what I and that's what is is so special about them. They've always recognized we need each other. The one exception is KD because he proved it otherwise. He proved he can be a star. He proved he can go to the finals without this crew. But Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iggy, Sean Livingston, none of them ever had this degree of success. Anywhere close to this degree of success any place else. Exactly. They're like Voltron. Yeah, that's not the first thing that came to mind, but okay. <laughs> they're like, they're it, like, like Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because I would, when we would have like basketball debates in the locker room, I mm-hmm. would always say, you cannot, like, it's so, <laughs> you know, underlook what LeBron can do. Like, you, if you, if LeBron and Steph switch places, yeah, Cleveland's not going far. Right. At all. Well, now, here, here's the thing. There's always... The difficulty is, if building a team around Steph, you build a completely different team than you build around LeBron. You do, but I just meant that team in general. But Le- Yes, and, and LeBron is easier to build around. You can get cheaper parts you and can, make absolutely. it work around LeBron. Yeah. You get the items off the market, black market. Exactly, man. exactly. <laughs> You have to get the right ones. You have to get the right ones. You have to be a shrewd shopper. But if you get the right ones, you can get the right ones and you, and you can get them at a discount. 
You can get the if you get the right veterans, you get the right skill sets, then you're you're okay. And Steph, you need more than that, which they were you know lucky enough to to put together. The difference is Steph will Steph's forty five will it will cut you, it will hurt you. It's difficult to stop. But LeBron's forty five is draining. Hmm. He will wear you out, and he's coming down the court physical, fast all the time. Fair. Fair. You know, that's that's how I see it in terms of like when they try to take over games with very little help. I guess this is my issue in all of this. The Warriors fans became more arrogant and acted more spoiled than the team itself. The Warriors players have always appreciated how fortunate they are and how incredible it is that they've been able to do what they've done. There was no presumption. There was no sense of entitlement. There was no, this is what we are supposed to do. It was, this is what we believe we can do. But not that they they expected it. Warriors fans expected it. Andre Iguodala said it to me. He goes, he goes the first time they went to the finals, a dude came up to him and goes, man, we just, whatever happens, we just love you guys. We love the way you, thank you. We love the way you're playing. And then, just recently, pulls up to a stop. A guy looks over and he goes, hey, man, you got to get me another one. You got to get me another chip. And he's like, okay, three's not enough. I got to get you four. Okay, all right. Because Listen, yeah, they out there giving the community that good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're feeding now. They got the junkie itch. It, you know what? That's what they're it is. They're dying for more, and, man. You know what? And, they're, and their supplier is about to be cut off. Yeah, because once you start feeling like you need it or you got some sense of entitlement, man, that's when it's gone. Amen. And that's they're going to be going through withdrawals because this is going to take this is going to take a hard left turn. I do not expect it. Not at all. He's out of here, bro. Yes. Yeah. Which is why if he doesn't play, even more more confirms that he's out of here. (sighs) He got he got his rings and MVP. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. There is no. He has no pressure. No, none. No, there's. He's he's on to the next thing, and I don't really. Especially, especially don't, for him to leave OKC to go to the Warriors, you think? Come on, man. They said he doesn't like being the villain. That was a villain move. Yeah, I don't know. Well, look, Charles. Charles also said he's not built for New York. I'm like, all right, he's, he's from DC. He is New York. <laughs> he he's very opinionated. Yeah, and, and he thinks he's elite. That's every New Yorker I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's those two things. They dude, guys feel like they're they never play basketball in their life, but just because they're from New York, they're truth. Right. But listen, way, if you want if you know how how New York Katie is, I mean just go to his his little appearance at the Rucker when he drops sixty. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's that's Katie. No, he's on, he's on. he's bought a place there. Like I hear that, you know, his business people are, are set up. Are already the fact setting that Zion up there. Zion's not going to be there. It's all his. Yeah. It. Yeah. No question about it. As, as far as what I'm anticipating. Now, my only question is, he and Kyrie talked a lot about playing together. Ultimately, it's their relationship will not be the same if KD ends up not going to Brooklyn because Kyrie is going to be in Brooklyn. That's that's going to happen. But I I just see KD either winding up in, with the Knicks with Jimmy Butler. Or Jimmy Butler and they make a deal for Anthony Davis. He needs another goon, you know. I like well, Jimmy Butler going but, there with him. 
That would be. It's not bad. It's not bad. And as, and as long as they have a relationship, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that working. For sure. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Blackman, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United We Cast Network. We have given away our prize, but we are putting together a new one. So please rate and review the show on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, and then screenshot the review and send it to at Buker Friends. And you too will be eligible to win some prizes. All right. We did not get to the Jets' new GM, Joe Douglas. That's something that I know you want to discuss, and we will get to that. We also need to, we'll have game five in the books. So we'll be able to break that down at length. And then if we can, we also want to get into Jalen Rose in the New Yorker. Jalen Rose in the New Yorker? Really? He's big, he's big time, bro. Talking about analytics. That, Talking about analytics. I know. How about that? So we will that get is, into that. That is a great story. We will get into all of that in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.